at that point, you know, Pink Print really wasn't making that much money yet. We were yeah. making a couple of dollars, but it wasn't, you know, what we're doing now. But I took out a loan, a okay. $60,000 loan. And I was like, I'm going to host this huge event. Mm-hmm. Right now that people are starting to see me, they starting to know me. I probably had like 5,000 followers at the time. Yeah. But I was like paying for lives to go on live with people to okay. be like, just, just to talk my, you know what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a $60,000 loan. I host this huge event in L.A. And it was a mansion. We had two mansions. I mean, I mm. did it as big as I possibly could. Okay. We had two mansions. I had like 25 people come. I had this huge panel of like the biggest in the, of my industry. Uh-huh. And after that, I was on the map. Yeah, did and you put the it, whole sixty down? Whole sixty, yeah. and we made like sixty five thousand back, like, like gross. You know, not, okay. we net we did like five k, wow. but I was cool but, yeah. with that because I was like, yeah. as long as I paid this Broken, thing off, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I don't, it wasn't for it was for the the visibility. Yeah. You know, it was for building the trust. It was for people coming to see me and building the UGC and getting all the customer acquisition. Like I was like, I know what I'm doing this for, and I just gotta yeah. stay down. I was so scared about that event yeah. every day. I was like, y'all gotta get these tickets. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, y'all? Look, welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Like I said, I'm excited about this conversation. And if you guys do me a favor, I always say this right before every interview. Grab something to take notes with. This is going to be a very profitable conversation. I got Stormy Banks in the building with me. Me and Stormy, we recently just met, but had an opportunity to hear her background, hear some of the things that she shared at a conference that we both actually uh, hit the stage at. And I was thoroughly impressed. Tell everybody a little bit about you uh, and your background, and we're going to jump right into this thing. What's up, everybody? It's Stormy Banks, as I've already been introduced as. I am an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. I've never worked a nine to five. So this is literally my bread and butter. Everything about me is about building equity and being able to tap into that inner self and that inner power. I am in a financial literacy game as well. I do financial literacy. I own a firm called Pink Print, which helps women entrepreneurs grow and get funding for their business. So that's a little bit of a little bit about me. Yeah. So tell me how did the pink print come about? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's always really been in me. Okay. Um, the pink print was really just like an origin story. Like, I mean, it's like the the flourishing of everything else that I've been through already. Gotcha. Um, I started off, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur. So I started off in hair. And okay. then when I started my first hair salon, I started a mobile salon and I realized I ain't got no money yeah. to start this business. <laughs> and I started learning quickly, like hiring, you know, staff, trying to get equipment, trying to just keep up with everyday expenses. Yeah. It got super expensive. So I started like outsourcing for like, how can I be able to, you know, fund this opportunity that I have to start my own company? And I think that's really where the shift started happening for me to be like, okay. oh, OK, this is an untapped market that people don't understand you can get a lot of money just for ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of when I was like, I want to help people do this. I want to help people get into this. Yeah, for sure. So uh, mobile salon. Yes. That's cool. How did that come about? I was doing hair in New York. Okay. And I, the crazy story is actually I got fired. I was mm. asking them at that time. I was the top performing hairstylist in my salon. It was a huge salon in New York. Okay. And I was top performing. I mean, I had the most clientele. I had the most sales and commissions. And I was like, I went to the owner and I was like, I want 50% commission because we mm. were at 60, 40. Okay. And I was like, I want 50% of my commission. So he was like, I think that you should take a two week hiatus. Okay. And I was Ooh. like, a hiatus? I got a full book of clients. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think you need to like chill, cool off, think about everything, you know? Yeah. And I was like, if I have to take a hiatus, I'm leaving, you know, I'm just going to be out. Okay. He's like, okay. 
Where did it come from? Why, why did he want you to take a hiatus? He didn't want me to get, he didn't want me to consider that 50% split. Gotcha. It gotcha. was, that was his way of being like, no, without yeah. saying no. Mm. Um, and at that time, the salon held all of our clients' data. We didn't oh. book our own clients. Okay. Our clients all came through. Like I had Instagram at that time, yeah. but they all went and booked through their salon system. So okay. if I left, he knew he's going to be able to email, text, call yeah. majority of my clients oh, wow. and probably keep them on board. So mm-hmm. losing me, you know, they have other stylists that they can go to. So I'm sure okay. he thought in his head like he had the upper hand and he did. Yeah, for sure. Data is everything in Absolutely. business, right? Yeah. So after you left there, you launched the the mobile salon? Yes, Just Hair, which is still open now today. I have five people that run that salon out of the New York area. We shut down during COVID, so we were just getting back started a little bit after COVID. But yeah, that salon, it was just me at first. And I would just go around with like a backpack or a suitcase, depending on the size of the job, and go to people's homes. And I, I literally marketed it as... Just hair, like no going out, no going to the salon. You know how New York is a super busy. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to ask yeah. you. Like, when I think of New York and I think of a mobile salon, first of all, I think of anything mobile in New York. I just think it's, it's chaos, right? Because exactly. it's a, a ton of traffic. So how did you make that work? You was just bouncing around. I was everywhere. I would have to book it in a certain way. So our booking system that we had was really cool because I could put certain hours I was in certain regions. So like okay. if you were in Manhattan, you couldn't book these hours if gotcha. somebody had already booked over in Brooklyn. Okay. So I would spend the beginning of my day in Brooklyn, the middle of my day in Manhattan, and I'll go to Queens, you know, I could kind of, I kind of had a good rain on it with our booking system. Okay. And you know, we perfected it over time and got better at it over time. Gotcha. So look, this is dope. I want to hang my head here for a second because sure. I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, get to a point to kind of where you're at or where you were where they have an idea for a business, right? And they go out and they're hustling and they're making it work. But in order for them to take it to the next level, you know, a lot of times if the if it's not heavy in cash flow, they don't have the resources, right, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And you said that you utilize business funding, if I'm correct, to take that business to the next level? Yeah, the first funding I got, I got a $20,000 loan Okay. Uh, for that company. And I did it with using my personal credit at that time. Gotcha. Um, my personal credit has not always been good. I had a 549 credit score yeah. and I have been building it up, you know, during when I was in hair school because I had, we had like some financial literacy courses in our salon, which I'm okay. really grateful for. So I cool. kind of knew some stuff, but I didn't know everything, right? Yeah. My first credit card was like a $500 limit uh-huh. and I fumbled that bag <laughs> because uh-huh. I was like, okay, I got 500 extra dollars and didn't know what to do, but... Yeah. At, once I started the mobile hair salon, I was like, like I said, I needed capital fast. And that 20000 like, really, I could say it propelled my whole career. Yeah. Let me ask you, what did you need the capital for? We needed, I wanted to hire. Okay. I, I knew, yeah, because I had been watching um, the salon owner for a long time. I had worked with him for three years. Okay. So I had been watching the way he ran his business, like studying. I would come in on my off days and gotcha. just sit there and watch. Like, oh, wow. Sit in my chair and just look around. Look okay. at other people. Look how they sell. Watch him. You was him. already different. Oh, yeah. I was hungry. <laughs> I've always been like that. It's, yeah. I've never lost that hunger. And I really thank God for that desire mm-hmm. that I have in me. But it's just like, I want more, you know? Yeah. So when I would watch him, I was like, I can do this. Like, I'm yeah. like, what he doing really ain't that deep. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know the systems he's using. You know, I don't have the money. He was a St. Ives, yeah. you know, the soap company. Okay. No, so his, yeah. there's a soap company called St. Ives. He okay. own his family owns that whole soap company. It's like Dove, as big as Dove. Gotcha. So he, so came, he from money. came from money. He gotcha. was a lawyer. You know, he came from money. So I'm like, I don't have his capital. You know, it's just all kind of things I see I don't have. Yeah. But I'm like, it, what I do know is that I'm willing to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I was like, okay. 
Mm. Let's figure out how we can get this. Talk to me about this hunger because, like I said, we're kind of split between financial literacy and mindset. Where did that hunger come from? Man, I think it really came from being poor for so long. Okay. Um, my mom, she wasn't a single mom, but my, my dad was on drugs gotcha. like 15 years of my life. So ever since I was like probably a sophomore in high school, I remember yeah. him being on drugs. Um, and that created a lot of chaos for us. Like, don't know where we're going to sleep, you know, having to sleep in my grandmother's basement from mm-hmm. being evicted, mm-hmm. having to take showers at the YMCA, you know, not being able to eat some nights, drinking water to fill up. So I think that desperation that we went through for so many years really afforded me the opportunity to have that desire to be like, okay, I'm not going to allow myself to get back to that point ever again. But it did teach me really good tools because I could go without, right? When when I was in those places where I was like, I got to be hungry, you have to eliminate so much stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I was comfortable living without a lot of the things that people needed in their daily lives, which propelled me to be able to get ahead quicker because I didn't have to have a nice place to live. I didn't have to have, you know, a car. I could be like, I could walk. I knew what I could do. So I was comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's huge because, you know, black spending is reaching, you know, 1.7, 1.8 trillion and just consuming, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And if we look at where our money is going, a lot of the problems that we have, if we can redirect those dollars into assets instead Absolutely. of so many liabilities, we can definitely move a whole lot quicker. Right. So talk to me about this 14 million dollars in business funding like that. That's huge. How did how yeah. did all that come about? And is that over the course of a certain amount of time or is that what you're doing on a yearly basis? How, how does all that work? Yeah. So we funded 14 million in grants, loans and lines of credit so far to okay. entrepreneurs that we serve in our community. And it really came about because, like I said, that hunger, I was doing free classes, like where I was like, everybody just come. Yeah. We finna apply the stuff together. Right. Let's okay. just just come through. If you meet these requirements, like just pull up to free Zooms. Yeah. We were doing like tours, like free going to different states and cities. And we were getting people funded on the spot or in right. the class. And we were just like adding it up, adding it up, adding it up until we were like, OK, cool. We've shown that we are who we are and we can do who, yeah. what we can do. And so now we start charging for stuff. And the more we honestly, I felt like when we started charging, people wanted to come back and tell us about their success even more. Mm. So then we just keep adding up like, OK, we've done these things in our yeah. community and it's just been really cool. But yeah, it's just been over three years. We hit three years in March, wow. Pink Print, and we've done 14 million. So that's, that's pretty huge. Dope. Yeah, that's that's big. 14 million in three years. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about some of the systems that you utilize to be able to uh, to grow and scale your business. Because 14 million in three years, a lot of companies not able to do that, right? Yeah. And so I hear you saying that you did a lot of Zooms and a lot of classes and things like that. Did you take mentorship to help you learn how to do all of that stuff? Or did you just kind of learn by trial and error? Try, I'm a trial and error person. I'm, yeah. I'm a hard knock life type of girl, <laughs> y'all. I'll be having to hit my head a few times before I really get it. And I've had to unlearn that um, okay. through the years because it has definitely made me go slower than I probably could have. Yeah. But I think for me uh, personally, I didn't have mentorship. I didn't go to college for any of this stuff. This mm-hmm. was really just being an entrepreneur. My whole, my whole life has been a risk. Every okay. single day, I've never had security. Mm-hmm. You know, if whatever I killed is what I ate. Yeah, and that's yeah, been yeah. How, it, how it has been and still to this day. So having just all of this accumulation of knowledge and wealth and the desire to go get the resources or the knowledge that I don't have yeah. is really what has helped me be able to do that. Some of the systems that we have in place is... I utilize the people in my community. Like, okay. for for instance, if we host a free class and I'm like, okay, everybody, introduce yourself. Let's network for the first 15 minutes. Yeah. 
I'm listening to what the people say they do. I'm okay. like, okay, I need that. Okay, I need mm. this. Okay, let me hit her up after this. I'm like, hey, you said you do such and such. Like, how can we partner? How can we partner? How can yeah. we collaborate? How, even like t- with us being here today, I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm in Memphis. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I'm big on building community, building a network of people because I can help you and you can help me. Let's let's figure out that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vice versa. And I think you said something that was key. Right. Everything is a risk. And I think when people fully understand that, you know, there's not a lot of security and not taking risk is risky. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of times thrive over some of the traditional like nine to five and stuff like that, because we live life on the edge. Right. And mm-hmm. we're always pushing the boundaries. So rewind me back a little bit because you said that your credit wasn't initially where you wanted to be. Right. And when you was at the salon, you started working on that. What is one of the, like the biggest misconceptions that people have around credit? And how were you able to pull yourself up, you know, from where you were to kind of where you are now? I think one of the misconceptions that I personally had was that I had to have a good score. Okay. Everybody made it seem like you had to have a 700 or 800 to get approved for anything. That's what you hear most of the time. All the time. Like, oh, 800 clubs, high 700s. Yeah, yeah. But that's actually a myth. Okay. You really need no late payments on your score, no, you know, negative items like collections Mm. or bankruptcies of these natures. And you really need positive history, positive. Like it's basically your adult GPA, right? So the more positive grades that you have, like, okay, great. You paid on time. Okay, great. You paid on time over the course of five years with this card and keeping that utilization down on those cards. Like that's really the key to the score. You could be in a 669 Mm -hmm. and I know a lady, one of my, um, homegirls who's in real estate she has a 669 credit score okay. and owns 10 million in real estate wow and is getting loans and line and and, and killing it because yeah. she has a good profile okay now good profile break that down what is what does a good profile consist of absolutely i think a really good profile is when you have multiple trade lines that okay. are either authorized user when you put someone you you add someone adds you as an authorized user on their account to their okay. credit card or when you have your own you know, personal accounts on your on your trade line. So primary accounts is what they're called. Okay. So you need to have a mixture of both of those. You have a mixture of real estate and you have a mixture of car. Like okay. you need you need term loans and you need um you you, you need like a term loans is essentially when you have a, a there's a term on the loan. So like your car payment, you're okay. paying okay. over thirty six months, gotcha. you know, a certain fee. Or you need also like revolving credit as well. And those are essentially credit cards. You know, when you're like, okay, every 30 days, there's an, the revolving amount that has to be paid down in order for you to keep the same amount open, okay. the same okay. limit. So you just need a mixture of all of these different type of things. And yeah. that really helps you build that portfolio to make you seem like lesser of a risk because it shows this person can manage multiple accounts multiple different accounts, and they have good history with these accounts and good relationships with these accounts. Gotcha. You mentioned uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. Is that, can you use like your rental history or you need to own property in order to utilize that to, to, to round out your profile? Uh, your profile? No, you can definitely use your, your rental history as well. And there's a lot of sites that, that now have let you start to um, okay. add your rental history. Even Credit Karma has a, 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 where you can add your rental history to your report as well. But it does help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't do that much. I would okay. say the weight of it is pretty low, low end, gotcha. but it, it, it doesn't hurt. Is um, 
And, and the reason I ask you this is because, like I said, a lot of the people that we talk to are in the startup phase. So a lot of these concepts, right, we hear them a lot, but people don't really take the time to break them down so mm-hmm. that they can fully understand it. Is Credit Karma a, a, a good, credible site for people to use? Because we've I've heard mixed things yeah. about Credit Karma. Yeah, Credit Karma gives you what's called your it's it's a it's a it's not your FICO score. It's a Vantage score. Okay. So your FICO score is literally the main score that's used when they're pulling from you know Experian or Equifax or TransUnion, and those are the scores that really show you the depth of your score and your profile. When you're using Credit Karma, it's showing you that Vantage score, which is like oh, like this is like it's kind of. Fluff. It's okay. fluffy. It's a little fluffy. So I definitely tell people use like Identity IQ or Smart Credit. Those will give you more direct FICO scores. Okay. So we talked about what it looks like to have a well-rounded portfolio from, I'm assuming, a personal standpoint. Now, kind of transitioning to business, right? Somebody wants to go into the bank, get business funding. Is the profile the same or are there different requirements that the banks look for uh, when you're going in for business credit? Sure. It it first depends really on the bank okay. um, because your traditional financing um, institutions are going to more so want you to be making $250,000 annually. Okay. And that's in um, gross, not net. Um, so you definitely want to have, you know, your bank account set up properly. You want to have your tax returns done the right way if you're trying to look to access like traditional financing. Okay. Um, if you have certain, you know, business credit set up already, they won't always use your personal guarantee, which is your personal finances and credit report. Okay. But if your business is brand new, you're going to more so want to be going after like uh, CDFIs, which are like smaller local banks okay. that okay. offer funding through those higher financial firms, but they have a smaller branch. So you don't have to make 250K a year, you can make 50K a year gotcha. and still access. So one of my favorite ones is the Axion Opportunity Fund, which is A-C-C-I-O-N. Okay. Um, I love that one. The Axion Opportunity Fund is really good. Because you can have $50,000 that you're making a year and you can utilize that, you know, to get funding for your business. Okay. And what is the qualifications? Is just so if you're making 50000 they look at credit and all that good stuff? Yeah, they do look at credit, but there's no score. That there's, okay. they're, they're like, we're not going based off of a score. We're going based off of the profile. Okay. We want to just see your risk factor, essentially. Gotcha. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, see what your what your potential risks are. And then they're also like, you know, 18 years plus in U.S.-based businesses. Okay. Okay. Are like the main requirements. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know about that. Then they don't. Yeah. So... Remind me back a little bit to the pink print firm, right? Mm-hmm. How did you guys get started? Because I know initially you were doing free seminars. You was telling people to pull up. You worked on your own credit. But I also know that you have, is it just women focused? Did I hear that correctly? That your firm focused solely on just helping uh, female entrepreneurs move forward? Or do you guys help everybody? Yeah, our focus is definitely minority uh, women entrepreneurs who are first time entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, we do in our free classes, we do allow like men to join and like come to our free stuff. But when it comes to like our in-house community that we have, it yeah. is women only. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. And I saw that you recently uh, had an event or? We had an, uh, our last event that Pink Print had, I think was back in February. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, tell me about that event. Oh, uh, it was called the Reset Retreat. Okay. Um, and it was really dope because it was kind of like top of the year. We were like, let's set the tone for the top of the year mm. and let's allow everyone to just come you know, we had a, a dope panel where we were speaking financial literacy, marketing, yeah. building a business, everything that was encompassing. And we had like a sleepover. It was okay. literally like a two night stay. We had the food, the chef, the music. We had everything going. 
And it was really cool because I think one thing, like I was telling you, is community is so big for me. Yeah. You know, I grew up with five siblings, so I'm okay. just used to being around people and staying the night wow. with people. Okay. That it was like, hey, y'all, come out here. Let's hang out in the mansion for two nights. Yeah. Let's just, you know, talk about real life, mm-hmm. you know? And then let's also help each other where we can with different gyms and partner and connect. So... That was a really dope event. How was that growing up with five siblings? Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. It was super fun. <laughs> Only thing is, my sister is the oldest, so she graduated and went to college um, before I really was grown. Okay. And so she didn't want to hang out with me that much when we were younger. So yeah. I was really with the boys. So I really grew up with the boys playing sports and having fun with the, with the guys and stuff. So I think then, you know, I really learned how to kind of mold myself to be able to hang out, you know, okay. and that was that was just fun. It's fun experience. They was always having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, I want to jump into the mindset, right, um, because I've heard you talk and I've seen some of your stuff and I know it's, you know, the mindset is there. And I know that is the, the foundation for entrepreneurship, right, to be successful. Your thoughts are things, right? And the way that you think and the way that you program yourself, you manifest those things into reality. What does your education look like on a daily basis? I'm always curious when it comes to like high-performing entrepreneurs such as yourself. Like, what does your morning routine look like? And then what does your educational routine look like? Yeah, my morning routine fluctuates. Okay. And I, I'm not going to get on here and tell y'all I wake up at no <laughs> 6 a.m. I'm good for 10 o'clock. Like, okay. I like to wake up. At a comfortable hour, you know, most of the times I wake up, it's immediate emails or, you know, phone. Like, something is already Mm. immediately on my mind. Okay. Um, And then it's really just shower. And I like to be like, okay, what are my goals for the day? Like, that's kind of a thing that I like to do is I'm like, okay, here's my goals that I want to accomplish today. And I'm like, let's get to work. And that's really kind of how I map out my my mornings. But educationally wise, um, I'm an audio book girl. So Audible is like my jam. Um, Okay. At the height of when I'm really locked in, I'm doing four audibles a month. Like, I'm, like, really locked into, like, reading, listening to podcasts. Like, I'm a very audio, like, learning type of person. So, I definitely tell people, if you want to get game, like, these millionaires of companies, these companies that are out here... They have already given the blueprint in books. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and similar to that, I like to tell people that once you think about successful people, right, they put all of this information in a book and you can literally download somebody's lifestyle. Literally. In, a, in an hour or two just by listening to audio. So tell me about management, right? How many people are a part of your team right now and how do you effectively manage your team? I mean, it's actually really crazy. I, we're we're really non-traditional um, okay. because I'm 28 and we're young and we're hungry. And I like to be really grassroots with my businesses. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's important to build team to grow. But like right now, our, agreement is, our team is super niche. Like mm. we don't try to hire a bunch of people just for hierarchy's sake. We okay. like to have like three core people who are in management positions who we're rocking out with. You know, we like to have under them, give them an assistant, you know, to handle daily tasks or a different task. Mm-hmm. And then after that is just our employees. Like we like to keep, like my employees yeah. still can text me, which people will be like, what girl, you need a streamline. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yes and no. Like there's just some things that I do like about being a young entrepreneur who is also like connected with her people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's next for you? What are you guys working on right now? We just, um, I mean, within our company, we just hired a new sales team. So we're, we're oh, adding man, a new wow. sales team into everything. But honestly, what we do, we're pretty straightforward. You know, right. we offer 
business credit. We offer grants, grant funding. We offer mentorship program and we offer credit repair. Like yeah. we're pretty straightforward inside of our pink brand company. And we try not to change up what we do too often because we want to make sure that people can have a trusting place to land. Okay. Like if they know they need something, they know it's here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we really stick to our, to our concepts and our roots. Talk to me a little bit about grants and, and kind of why you guys got into that lane. I love grants. Yeah. I love it because the barriers that have held a lot of people back from traditional financing, you know, mm -hmm. like loans or credit cards, those barriers are not there. Okay. So there's literally, and, I, and a lot of people don't understand, there are grants for every single business and like everyone, any industry you can think of, any history, any revenue. It doesn't matter where you are in business, you can get a grant. Mm -hmm. And I love it so much because you don't need credit. You yeah. don't have to pay it back. New entrepreneurs, I mean, according to the U.S. Census, U.S. Census, 80% of first-time entrepreneurs are failing first year. Mm -hmm. And they're failing first year because they might take out a loan, they might get a credit card, but they don't understand that if you're not going to be making the sales back in your business, you're not going to be able to pay these things off. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to be under the whole time just trying to do things to be able to get on top. But your competitor, if they have funding or capital infused into their business, Makes they're going to beat you out the market because, A, they can lower their price points super sure. low. Because we don't need a huge margin. We don't need a huge profit margin because we have funding, yeah, you know, so yeah. we can beat you out there. And then we're going to beat you out on the long haul, too, because we have funding that's going to help us with our everyday operation expenses. Yeah. We can hire a team quicker than you. Everything that you're doing on your own budget with your own money, mm -hmm. we're doing at 10 times the rate because the government is funding us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just tell people it's just so important before you start a business sit down, build a plan and go get funding first. Like you can get funding as a startup who literally hasn't even registered the business yet. Yeah. I always thought that like grants and things like that were for nonprofits. I didn't know that businesses can actually go out and apply for these grants. I thought you had to have a 501c3. So that's a misconception that I even have as an entrepreneur. So a lot of these things, they sound good, but a lot of people just don't know the information. So when it comes to, you know, the grants and things like that, how do people link up with you and do your team walk them through writing grants or you guys just provide information? How does all that work? We have a few options for different budgets, right? So okay. we have like on our on the low end, we can we have a grant master class. It's a digital product where you can go watch the master class. It's a two hour class. We had my homegirl here from the SBA. She came through. She's literally the one on the back end that grades grants for the federal government. Oh, wow. So she came into the class and was teaching you guys like this is the mindset behind grants. Like mm -hmm. this is what they're looking for. Okay. And then I'm giving my strategy of how I apply as a business owner. So we have that grant master class. If you couple that with like our templates that we have, we have grant mm -hmm. writing templates, grant okay. writing examples that we've done in the past that you can kind of go off of to wow. write your own. You can do that. And we also have like grant list. So we build a list every year of all the grants that are going to be out that we found so far and we give them to people. Right. So you can have that package or you can hire us. We'll write it for you. Yeah. We'll write a grant proposal for you. And, you know, we'll even apply for you if you get, a, you know, certain packages as well. So we really have created a solution to any problem that a business owner could think of. Yeah. And we host free classes every Thursday night at 8 p.m. where okay. we apply to a grant together. My team picks a grant that's pretty, you know, open to anyone oh, yeah. who comes. Pop in and let's go apply together. So 
any, you know, excuse or thought that you might have that's like, oh, I can't win a grant. We'll, we will crush that thought and yeah. we will solve it with you. So is that like the first play that you do when it comes to business funding? When an entrepreneur comes to you and they say, hey, I'm looking to get some capital. Do you guys go the grant route first or do you guys start building the profile out? Like what's the system that you guys utilize? Yeah, I honestly think it depends on the funding needs. Okay. And I think it depends on the business strategy. Because there might be someone, for instance, funding really should be strategic and it should be something that you're doing all the time consistently. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm low on money and I just need a couple dollars. It should literally be, okay, what's our goal? Just like you sit down with your CPA. Okay, these are the numbers we need to hit. You need mm-hmm. to be also talking to your funding specialist and being like, how much funding do we need this month to be able to hit these numbers that we need to hit? So yeah. it should really be strategic. And when when I like to look at it, I look at it, what is your end game with the business? Because that's how we're going to create what strategy we should take with the business, right? So for me personally, my business, we're looking to get acquired. That's been our goal since the day one. So everything that we've done, we didn't want to take on too much debt because we know that we want to get acquired and we don't want to have a bunch of debt under our business. So grants is definitely more heavy on our strategy piece because those aren't debt. And Grants also, you report them as gross income on your on your tax reports. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for instance, we only made, you know, 500K one year, but we got 250K in grants. Yeah. So now we've made 750K. Mm-hmm. That makes us look better when we're going to get acquired yeah. in our business. So it that's why it's a big play for us. That's dope. Uh, I'm happy to hear you say that your goal is to get acquired. Yeah, I think entrepreneurs, that, that should be the main goal is to really consider when you start the business, what do I really want this business to do for my life? Yeah. Like, what is the true, true end goal? Do I want to pass it down? Do my kids even want to do this? Yeah. You know, do I want to get acquired? Do I want to utilize this to get to a different business level? Like, what is mm-hmm. the really genuine goal? And then it kind of like it's easier to map everything out after that. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Sure. So I definitely tell people start with the end goal and then kind of work it back down. Yeah, you got to reverse engineer it. So I know business is thriving. You know, you're doing great. I, uh, I see a lot of things that you guys are doing. But what are some of the struggles that you had with getting your company off the ground? And I ask that because, again, a lot of startup entrepreneurs, they see the finished package and sometimes they don't believe it's possible for them. They don't realize that everything comes with sacrifice. Tell me a little bit about your story and kind of the struggles that you had getting your business off the ground. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, I literally just started a podcast myself about this okay. um, called Rob to Riches because my Rob? story. Yeah. You said Rob? Like Robbed, somebody robbed you? Literally. Okay. Rob to so Riches. So I was... I was a hairstylist, right? During COVID, when um, they, they shut down New York for all, all hair salons, okay. I had to come here because, you know, I was telling you earlier, my mom lives here yeah. and I had a, a friend who lived here who had a salon and I was working at her salon. I was, you know, doing what I do, running up my bag and, mm-hmm. and, and staying humble. And I was saving up money and I saved up 50K and okay. I was like, cool. So I'm going to take this and put it in the seed money. She robbed me of it. She stole it. We were living together at that time during that wow. COVID part. And she, I had the... Just moving too quickly, I had the money at home, you know, that I was saving for my tips and stuff in cash. And she she robbed me of the money. She took the whole 50K that I had saved up. And so after that point, I was like pretty depressed, you know, and it wasn't even the loss of the money. It was really the betrayal because I had never experienced something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I told you, I grew up in a really close knit family. So that was a, a really different experience for me. Yeah. And it just really sent me on a, a, a angry path. Yeah. And I, I and I imagine. started. Yeah. And I started really I built I started building pink print during that time. Um, that was August 2020 when I got robbed and I started building. I launched pink print March 2021. So during that time, 
Pink Prom was a bitter business. Yeah. Pink Prom mm-hmm. was a really angry business. Okay. And it was really a business of like, you know, I got to, one, it was like, I got to run my money back up. And yeah. two, it was like, I don't want anyone else to experience this. So mm-hmm. when I was talking to my customers, my voice at that time was like, y'all got to do this right. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. build that business. Don't play, like, don't play with the opportunities because I literally was robbed of mine. And I hadn't even yeah. told anybody at that time that I was robbed, but I was just like, I was mad though. Yeah. Like you could tell I was mad from how I am now to when I was first doing it. I think anybody would be mad. Oh yeah. yeah. I was so mad. And that was really like the origin story of Pink Print because I was like, okay, cool. I had already known that funding was possible from back in the salon days when I started Just Hair. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I got to do this bigger and different and crazier. And, and yeah. it came in the sense of let me help other people, right? It was like, instead of just trying to run my bag up, let me also empower other people around me. And with doing that, hearing the stories of other women and seeing their businesses grow tenfold after they get funding. And I'm like, okay, it softened me. Like it brought me really out of everything I was going through. And it gave me something bigger to live for other than just, you know, feeling like I got betrayed to be able to build a community of women that can lean on each other and trust on each other in a real way. Yeah. Did you go back into the salon after you lost it? To, nope. How did you rebuild? Yeah, I didn't step back into the salon, you know, ever again. Still to this day, I haven't okay. done hair ever again since that day. Um, I rebuilt with credit. It was credit mm. cards. You know, I had already built my credit at this point, and it was okay. it was it was credit cards. Yeah. I was like building pink print off of credit, personal loans that I could get. You know, I was building my business credit simultaneously. So that's, it was all off of funding. That's why I know this is just real. You know, I'm like, this is real life. I did this, (laughs) you know? So it was all based off of that. And to your other question, um, I was heavy in the Bible at that time. Um, I'm talking about like, there's a preacher that I really love on, on YouTube that I was like, I had to listen to him every day to get that, that download. And then I was listening to, I, I listened to Built to Last, um, oh, yeah, yeah. love that book. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a book called Atomic Habits. Those Atomic were Habits, yeah. the main book. books that I was reading. Those are the main things that I would digest. And I was reading them over and over again. Like okay. I was really digesting. I wasn't, that wasn't audio at the time. I was like reading like yeah. physically, unless it was the YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I was like really reading them and I had developed a strategy. It was so ill. Yeah. Cause I was like, <laughs> you know what? I was like, when I was in the salon, I was building, I was doing hair all day, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing hair 10 hours straight, building up, you know, saving, saving, saving to build up the seed money. Yeah. I was like, this time I'm a network with people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to take out these credit cards to buy me flights to be able to go to events, yeah. to be able to meet these people, to be able to network with them. And I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to, I branded myself. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm only going to wear pink. And I'm always look a certain way when I go outside so yeah. that people could remember who I am. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it like okay. from March 2020, from like March 2021. So I would say maybe like 90 days. Yeah. I just was outside everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And people started seeing me. Mm-hmm. They started remembering me. And I was like, OK, cool. At that point, you know, Pink Print really wasn't making that much money yet. We were yeah. making a couple of dollars, but it wasn't, you know, what we're doing now. But I took out a loan, a okay. $60,000 loan. And I was like, I'm going to host this huge event, mm-hmm. right? Now that people are starting to see me, they starting to know me. I probably had like 5,000 followers at the time. Yeah. But I was like paying for lives to go on live with people to okay. be like, just, just to talk my, you know, what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a $60,000 loan. I host this huge event in L.A. 
and it was a mansion. We had two mansions. I mean, mm. I did it as big as I possibly could. Okay. We had two mansions. I had like 25 people come. I had this huge panel of like the biggest in the, of my industry. Uh-huh. And after that, I was on the map. Yeah. Did and you put the it, whole 60 down? Whole 60. Yeah. And we made like 65000 back, like like gross. You know, not, okay. we, net, we did like 5K. Wow. But I was cool oh, yeah. with that. Because I was like, yeah. as long as I paid this Broken, thing off, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. I was like, I don't, it wasn't for, it was for the, the visibility. Yeah. You know, it was for building the trust. It was for people coming to see me and building the UGC and getting all the customer acquisition. Like, I was like, I know what I'm doing this for. And I just got to yeah. stay down. I was so scared about that event. Yeah. Every day, I was like, y'all got to get these tickets. <laughs> but see, that's that's the difference maker, right? Um, between the people that are successful and the people that don't make it is, you got to take risks. You know, everything that you're wanting to accomplish is right on the other side of your, your comfort zone. And for you to take out that loan and step out there, I, I can imagine how nervous you I were. sick. Yeah. But uh, you said a couple key things in there, just putting yourself out there going hard. I can vividly remember a phase in my business when I was trying to get it off the ground. It was very similar, right? You just have to go out there. You have to grind it out. You have to put yourself out there. But on the other side of it, it changes everything. Hex. So now, you know, you you did the event. You put your own money up. Now you're getting brought out to events, you know, and things like that. How has things really changed for you? What does a, the day in the life of a CEO entrepreneur look like for you now? I mean, today, for example, I woke up. I did wake up early today. Shout out to me. Uh -huh. I did. I was up at about maybe like 730. Okay. And uh, I went for a walk. I have like a little park walk thing across the street from my, my one of my places. And okay. um, I went for a walk. And then um, I had a couple meetings I had to take um, about a 10 to 11. And I was like, my mom called me and dropped my nephew off for a few hours. So we went okay. got in the pool, swam around, played treasure hunt and stuff. And then I got ready and came here. And yeah. now I'm sitting here with you. But And then I'll leave here. I got a couple meetings. I got to teach a class tonight. Um... I got on live today and made a couple thousand dollars, you know, yeah. just, you know. That's dope. Let me ask you this, because I think um, people would be curious, right? Uh, it, it, I guess it's a twofold question. So you have people that's watching this podcast that, of course, are entrepreneurs, but you also have people that work traditional nine to fives, right? What are some plays that they can run by utilizing credit? They may not want to be an entrepreneur, but they want to be able to create some assets in different areas. What have you seen some, some low-hanging fruit plays that they can run that will work for them? Yeah, so one of my big strategies of building wealth is real estate, for sure. Okay. Um, like right now, I have 17 Airbnb units in different states. Wow. And then we do the auction. So we play the auction, and we do it in Philly and in Memphis and a couple other states. Tell me about that. I'm not familiar with the yeah. auction. Yeah, so essentially, it's it's called a tax lien sale, and it's essentially when a homeowner doesn't oh, pay. Oh, in real estate. Okay, yeah, okay. in I real gotcha. estate. Yeah, so when people don't pay their, their homeowner's taxes for the year, mm -hmm. they add up and accumulate, and then the state will take over their 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 taxes and sell them at the auction. And then we come in and buy the auction. We buy the, we buy the tax lien. Okay. And then essentially we own the home. Okay. If the person doesn't, a homeowner doesn't come back and pay it off. How do you utilize credit for that? Do you utilize that to renovate or? Yeah. So we, we do it that way. We can renovate with them or we can, usually we, we acquire properties at the auction for less than 10,000. Mm -hmm. So we usually could just pay that on a credit card. Okay. You know, okay. and we can get those points off the credit card and then, we just pay it back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we haven't even dived into the points and things like that. Oh, I know yeah. that you come to Memphis quite often. I'm going to have to definitely get you back on here so that we can continue the conversation yeah, about that. Deep. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that, um, you know, 
14 million, you've seen, you know, all the ups and the downs in this industry. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, you you can walk people through all of the steps that they need, you know, to be able to take their business and things like that to the next level. So look, this is what I want to do. I know you have several digital products and things like that that you offer to be able to help people get started. Like what's the most popular product that you currently offer? Yeah, our most popular is our grant writing masterclass okay. um, or our done for you grant proposals. So those are the two that go heavy okay. that people love just because they're really easily to easy to digest and you can get started like today yeah what is uh what is the startup cost or something like that sure so the our master class is 13 but 13 dollars and okay. our templates are seven so all together you're looking at 20 bucks for that oh, wow. if you want to do it on your own and then if you want us to do it for you it's 250 dollars where we'll write the proposal for you and get you a grant list so that you can oh, start applying steal. yeah we get funding so our prices is low we're trying to beat out the competitors yeah that's dope oh wow so literally anybody there's no excuse because it doesn't take a lot of money to be able yeah. to tap in with you to help yeah. you get going and we have payment plans so sometimes okay. it could be as little as 22 dollars you know if you want done for you proposal you can get on a payment plan for $22 a month wow that's dope well do me a favor I want people to be able to keep up with you let them know how they can find you on social your website and all that and also um I think it's unique that you guys work with uh, minority women uh, entrepreneurs. And so I guess in closing, any advice that you would have to uh, a minority entrepreneur woman on the other side of this camera that's sitting on the couch and saying hey I want to get started in business. They may not have the confidence. They may not have the know-how. Any closing advice that you would have for them would be dope. Man, listen, I hope you guys got a lot of this interview. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I hope you took a lot of notes. Do me a favor. I'm going to drop all of Stormy's information down in the bottom of the description. Tap in with her. Tap in with the Pink Print Firm. Uh, check out some of the digital products that she has to be able to help you guys move your business forward. Also, if you guys are finding value out of the content, do me a favor, smash subscribe, turn on the notifications so that as we continue to roll out information, you guys will be the first ones to get it. Look, Stormy, let me personally thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule. I know you got a lot of stuff going on to come on and share with the equity chasers. Uh, so in closing, if you would, let people know again how they can keep up with you and uh, any closing advice you have, we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much to the Equity Tab for having me. This has been a great conversation. I'm glad that you guys are tuning in. If you are interested in being an entrepreneur or if you already are an entrepreneur, we can help you get funding. If you have any questions, feel free to follow me on Instagram at stormybanks underscore. DM me the word grant. Just say, I want grants. And we'll make sure that someone reaches out to you to get you the help that you need. Cool Any closing advice? you Take your time. Mm. Like, honestly, it's not going to come overnight and yeah. it's not supposed to. Because anything that you didn't have to work for is going to be easily lost. Yeah. So take your time. Be patient with your process. Set yourself up for success and get around the right people that are going to continuously support you through that. But be patient and give yourself grace. That's going to be the best thing that you got going. All right, guys. Until next time, y'all stay tapped in.